Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Young. Good as always to have you join us. 2023 is drawing to a close. It is time to rewind the innovation reel with Roundtable's Year in Review episode. This year, the tech scene didn't just knock on the door of progress; it kicked it down. From mind-boggling AI breakthroughs to game-changing applications, we've seen it all. So buckle up, 'cause we're turning up the excitement dial and diving into the tech. Breakthroughs that made 2023 an epic ride, and we always look forward to having a heart-to-heart with you. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, or if you have something that you want to say to us, please send your voice memo or email over to ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in our heart-to-heart segment. For today's program, I'm joined by Ding Hong in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show. The year 2023 stands out for significant strides in technology, particularly within the field of artificial intelligence or AI. Witnessing groundbreaking innovations and transformative applications, AI has consistently reshaped our daily lives, professional environments, and social interactions. So, how do these technological breakthroughs influence? Industries and societies at large will get ready to geek out with us. 2023 is a pivotal year for AI revolution, and what do you see as the thing that stands out for you? Yeah, talking about AI, I think first of all we need to clarify regarding a few、uh, concepts, right? Large-scale AI model or generative AI. We have、uh, often heard from media reports about these ideas, but sometimes,、uh, even personally, I feel like pretty confused. So, I feel like、um, large AI models refers to machine learning models with an extensive number of parameters, typically exceeding one billion, requiring some substantial computing resources. These models can process vast amounts of data and perform really, really. Complex tasks like natural language processing and image, you know, recognition as well. So that's one thing. And generative AI and large language models—they are related ideas, but they refer to different aspects of artificial intelligence. For example, generative AI refers to systems or models that have the capability to generate new content like images, articles, text, and other types of data. And large language model,、uh, known as LLM, in short, specifically refer to AI models trained on vast amounts of textual data to understand and generate human-like language. So that's the thing. And really, I think、um, over the course of 2023, we have seen a lot of major milestones and development. You know, interestingly, for example, when we talk about ChatGPT, it was actually technically launched in the over the winter of 2022, but it was really over the course of 2023 that we saw it, you know, bump into our day-to-day headline news and really generate such an amount of discussion and debate and controversies. Yes, indeed, and ChatGPT celebrated its one-year anniversary just a couple of months ago, and also with all the boardroom 
drama, the corporate hot mess of the exiting and restationing of its CEO, Sam Altman, that just got more people looking into ChatGPT and OpenAI, its company. So yes, just to clarify a little bit more, generative AI is a broader term that encompasses various models, including those designed for image generation, music composition, and other creative tasks. And large language models are one specific type of generative AI focused on processing and generating human-like text. And all large language models are generative AI. Josh, I know you are a tech person. Well, you read into such stuff. You don't work in the industry. (laughs) Sorry to throw all these kind of hats on you, but, you know, high expectations (laughs) because you talk about all these things in such a wonderful manner on the show. And what is your observation this year in the realm of AI that made you go, whoa? Well, so many things. I mean, like many people um, who have an interest in it, and I think that I would just say that I have an interest in this, a a deep interest. I by no means am an expert, but I think I've been amazed and frankly quite terrified by a lot of things, Um, and I'm still getting over it. I think we're still really yet to see how this is going to affect our lives, um, but we can already feel the changes. But something that's made me go, wow, when you ask me that question, I think of something positive because usually, wow, I, I think of something amazing. One thing that I think is truly incredible is the relationship between um, generative AI and the healthcare industry. This is something that I read about a lot and something that I think can be really positive. Um, there's a lot of key areas where Um, generative AI and AI in general is making a huge impact in healthcare. Of course, one of them being diagnostic imaging. So medical imaging analysis, AI algorithms, they're able to analyze medical images like um, MRI scans and CT scans, um, x-rays to assist in the detection and diagnosis of various conditions like tumors, fractures, and abnormality. And in essence, this is quite understandable if you understand machine learning being something as just, you know, processing data and then um, generating results from that. And it makes a lot of sense. But of course, AI um, is able to do this at a speed and at a volume that a human never could or that, you know, computer um, processing power wasn't able to before. So I think that's really quite incredible. And there's so many other things as well, like drug discovery and development, you know, analyzing biological data to identify potential um, drug candidates and optimize molecular structures, things like this, Um, disease prediction and prevention. That's something really amazing. I mean, to be able to predict from your existing um, condition, what disease you're most likely to um, encounter at some point in the future, if you continue to have the habits that you have, or based on your maybe genetic makeup or something like this, it's pretty terrifying because it's basically saying that it's maybe going to be able to predict the future. But I think that's a pretty wow moment for me anyway this year. Mm, One of the really wow moments for me, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's all like 100% positive, but it was like, whoa. One thing was... Apparently, some people have been using AI to predict and make decisions and buying stock. And 
I just find that to be fascinating. Not necessarily a wow moment, but there was also a huh moment, which was apparently recently from one of those European countries of um, researchers said that they're using AI to predict death. And that's also kind of mind boggling to me, but I'm kind of happy to see that it's not widely used so far and I really have some serious grain adult with that but uh yeah Ding Hong what about you did you have one of those wow moments yeah um you it's know, fine as, if you didn't <laughs> well I feel like um as a somebody who works in the media or news industry there was also a deepened sense of urgency and crisis yes. uh, from the threats of AI. I feel like my job opportunity and my job stability security is further under threat by yes. AI, particularly this kind of generative AI. Because uh, if you take a look at the content that they are able to generate based on the information fed to them by other people, by the existing materials, they can really write things in a organize their writing in a very very logical and storytelling uh, manner their narrative was really good and professional the use of their vocabulary of their words that's really something I feel like I am losing competitiveness my my own competitiveness so Really, I feel like I have to work harder and also I need to call on the more government authorities to somehow <laughs> step in. <laughs> that, I guess that's the concern on the part of not just uh, we media people, but also people from many other you know occupations and industries, like you said, even those uh, high-ranking, really advanced talents in the financial industry, their job stability and s sustainability is also under threat. Yes, it's really interesting you mentioned storytelling because that is part of what we do in this profession, as well as in so many others. When you think about advertising, for example, it's also storytelling, and not to mention, you know, the creative realm of, uh, you know, writers, music composition, and so many other areas that AI definitely has an influence over. And reflecting on the use of AI-generated narratives, I ponder how to preserve the emotional depth and human connection inherent in storytelling, or is it even intrinsic value anymore? And just to ensure that technology enhances rather than replaces the soul of our narratives. But one issue is that every now and then, every now or other week, it feels some famous person comes out and saying that, oh, J.K. Rowling, who single-handedly created the world of Harry Potter in the next couple of years of time or so of AI development, some say that she could be replaced. And that kind of thing just, you know, every time kind of shocks me a little bit. But uh, after a whole year of using AI in our work as such, at the moment, I think it, it is a shaky feeling that I share with you, Ding Hong. That is, I feel that AI is getting so good that it is a powerful tool to have in hand. And so far, it seems like what we do is okay not being replaced yet, but it's always like what happens next year or the year after that that is really kind of making people nervous. And this 
prospect of AI as a creative partner sparks contemplation about the fine line between augmentation and replacement. And AI can enhance our creative processes, offering new perspectives and possibilities. Or actually, I'm just going to say this as a statement instead of a question. It does pose a threat to the distinct human touch in crafting compelling narratives. Josh, um, do you have any thoughts here? You know, do you feel that uh, sort of your ground is shaking a little bit in terms of your career because of all these um, eye-opening advances that happen in the tech world? Yeah, I think there is some concern there. Um, I think especially anybody that works in language or is writing a lot for their job or speaking a lot like we are. I think that we we probably all have second-guessed ourselves or wondered what the future will hold for us. Um, but I, I, I think for me personally, these models, I, I even think that writing, in essence, is just a, a communication skill, really. It's an ability to articulate and process and produce information in a particular way, in a in a very clear, concise, and effective way, whatever uh, that may be, whatever the tax may be. So I, I I think that although a lot of my work probably will be taken or be able to be done by AI, what I need to do, I felt this is why I felt some pressure to sort of master it because I think that it is a tool, and I probably need to learn how to use this tool, and I probably need to become an expert in um you know maybe AI prompts. Yeah, as opposed to just writing uh, an, in a normal word processor like Microsoft Word, which is still pretty sad when I say it. I still get pretty depressed because I spent so long at university learning how to write and reading and writing essays and even teaching that afterwards. But still, I think that I just need to get over it, roll with the times and probably accept that my best option is to use that is still a skill, but instead of a pen... Now my pen is language AI language models. You know, uh, you I look find, at it like that. Yeah, it to be just extra defeating when you are, let's say, using ChatGPT to write in English, and you know, mostly it's been trained in the English language, and mm. I just don't think mm. it's hardly okay. Let's just put it this way: it's hardly possible that somebody who's studying English as your second language to beat ChatGPT ever. Because the prose, the text, it churns out just in a matter of seconds. It's like lifelong learning mm. for you. And you might not even be able to get to that point. And yeah, I experienced that sort of defeating nightmare uh, at a certain stage. Yeah, and probably, I guess, especially for people involved in that kind of uh, repetitive, non-creative kind of work, maybe their sense of crisis or threat is even deeper than people like uh, like us. So indeed, I think this concern about job replacement or job displacement is real, especially for roles involving, like I said earlier, repetitive tasks. However, like Josh mentioned earlier, there is also new opportunities because mm -hmm. this kind of shift might also prompt the emergence of new opportunities in terms of maintenance of AI, mm -hmm. you know, oversight of AI, yeah. ethical governance. So 
Yeah. Uh, but still, my primary concern is about AI governance. I feel like basically currently we are seeing a scenario in which major powers across the world, including China, the European Union, the United States, the UK. They're really in a sort of、um, competing with each other in terms of setting the rules and standards in terms of governing AI.、Mm-hmm. I think in the UK,、uh, for example, the country's、uh, uh, highest courts, the Supreme Courts of the UK, has recently confirmed that artificial intelligence alone cannot patent any particular invention. Uh, scientifically, however, I think even with that in mind, there are still many un- un- you know questions that remain unanswered. For example, if you use the、uh, AI as a tool, as a kind of assistant to create or to invent, to、mm. what extent should you get credit for your invention or、mm. creation? I think this particular question still remains unanswered,、mm-hmm. and so definitely we are moving into a completely you know. Uncharted、uh, territory, and one country alone certainly it cannot sort out all these issues surrounding AI governance.、Yeah. So I would really call for more international cooperation rather than seeing AI as another battleground for geopolitics. You know. Yeah, that's a really good point, and a lot of these legal issues simply. Have not been solved, and nor do we see them to be solved anytime soon. But this is. A contested area that every day we see new things going on, and this year to me it seems to show that AI's advancement have taken the safety blanket away of many creative jobs, and I think that's the really one powerful and scary thing that generative AI has brought to the table. And aside from ChatGPT, there's Google's Gemini, which has been unveiled, if not、uh, garnered some attention this year. And what about China? How are the Chinese tech companies performing in this、uh, generative AI world? Well, by June, China has developed at least seventy-nine large-scale artificial intelligence models with over one billion parameters each. This is according to a report by the Institute of Scientific and Technical Information of China, which is affiliated with the Ministry of Technology. More than fourteen provincial regions in China have contributed to the research and development of large-scale AI models to support the endeavor. Local authorities have offered public computing power to meet the rising computing demand from large-scale AI models. And by the end of July, there were more than 130 LLMs in China, and a new era of hundred models、uh, began, according to Jiang Jie, who is Tencent's vice president. So, nearly all leading Chinese internet companies, including Baidu, the Alibaba Group, JD, and ByteDance, have jumped on the AI. Powered、um, language learning model bandwagon. I've got a couple more examples here. In October, Chinese tech company Baidu unveiled the latest version of its language model, Ernie 4.0, claiming its capabilities are on par with those of、um, OpenAI's most advanced GPT-4 model. Ernie 4.0 has achieved a full upgrade with improved performance in understanding, generation, reasoning. And memory compared with previous models, according to Robin Lee, who is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Baidu. I have one more example for you from Tencent. Tencent, which of course is a leading technology company, debuted its much-awaited universal large language model Hunyuan 
I'm, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Hunyuan, in September. Hunyuan has a scale of over 100 billion parameters and pre-training data of over 2 trillion tokens, two standards used to measure the power of AI models, if you haven't heard of those before. Wow, that's a lot of exciting things going on in the field. Yeah. And what are some of China's breakthroughs in science and technology? There are more than a few, but uh, what's the one that really deserves our attention? Yeah, so one breakthrough is that Chinese scientists have, over the course of 2023, developed the first super ionic hydride ion conductor, according to the Dalian Institute of Chemical Physics of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. So basically, this is a, or we're talking about a substance that is a reactive hydrogen species and a carrier of energy. Materials that conduct pure hydride ion at Ambient conditions will be enablers of advanced clean energy storage and electrochemical conversion technologies. The fact that matter is that several hydride ion conductors have already been developed in some of the most recent years, but, but really none of the materials could achieve super ionic conduction at ambient conditions. So I think those uh, the researchers behind this project or behind this uh, scientific breakthrough, they are planning to explore the physics underneath this particular phenomenon and extend the method developed in this particular study to other hydride uh, materials to broaden their material scope for other similar kind of conductors. So I feel like this particular breakthrough we are talking about, it has the potential to pave the way for the emergence or for the birth of new technologies for batteries that are greener and less carbon intensive. Yeah. That's as far as I can know with my mm. limited scientific knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and after some research, yes, I understand that. And uh, also, China has completed the world's first brain-computer interface experiment on primate subject. Well, yes, China has completed the world's first brain-computer interface experiment on a primate subject. In May, China conducted the world's first brain-computer interface experiment on a non-human primate in Beijing. The experiment successfully implemented a brain-computer interface in monkeys, which allowed them to control a robotic arm with their thoughts, which is really incredible, quite scary. Um, the brain-computer interface technology can convert electrical signals into commands so as to help patients with conditions that cause motor dysfunctions like after a stroke, um, ALS, um, for example, to interact with their environment and improve their quality of life. This is according to Ma Yongjie, who is a neurosurgeon at Beijing-based uh, Xuan Yu Hospital, Capital Medical University. Ma was one of the team members who carried out this experiment. Wow. That is another wow moment for me. And uh, there's also exciting news that Chinese scientists have learned how to grow early kidneys, human kidneys, in pig embryos. Yeah, that's a very, very exhilarating case for me personally to look at because um, really it's, uh, it's a Chinese team that has grown for the first time in the world today 
early kidneys from human stem cells inside pig embryos. So basically, this advance has brought pig-grown human organs closer to reality, and it is opening up a brand new, exciting chapter for kidney transplantation and a new window for the study of human kidney development. Wonderful. And with the new year approaching, the current year winding down, we've witnessed not only technological breakthroughs that redefine our digital landscape, but also personal and global milestones that remind us of our shared humanity. As we navigate the ever-evolving world of tech, let's ensure that progress remains a force of unity, compassion, and positive change.